And I learned from being angry all the time that I was quite vulgar when I was speak when I was angry at like my at the point at which I was kind of seen red. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I thought I saw that quality in other people, and I said I don't like that. And especially after I won my hijab, and I said it's not it's not a characteristic that a Muslim should have, or even a good person mm-hmm. within our community. Um, and I set out to kind of change myself about that. The only way I could do that was to learn. At The Half, we're learning from each other's stories about how we communicate. What we can do better, how we can encourage authenticity, and how our relationships are affected by the various influences in our lives. These influences include language, education, law, culture, faith, and more. We hope these stories help you reflect and have a conversation of your own. So today we on the podcast, we have Elif Alma. She's an outgoing, enthusiastic 23-year-old currently working in an administration and accountant role at Hassan Australia, a humanitarian aid organisation. Her religious background in Islam has pushed her to become part of an Islamic women's youth organisation at ICMG. As the treasurer of Sarira, the young women's branch of the organisation, she looks after the accounts of all eight branches Australia-wide and is in charge of the Sydney branch as well. In addition to this, she is also part of a team that delivers weekly talks to the public at a cafe in Meadow Heights. This responsibility comes with weekly meetings, communicating with treasurers across the eight branches, overlooking all activities for her branch in Sydney, regular trips to Sydney, and preparation of her talks on faith presented every six weeks. Elif, welcome to the podcast. Hello, thank you. So first off, I was wondering maybe if you could tell us a little bit more about your work here at ICMG, and I think you maybe mentioned to us in the past about the difference between Sarira and ICMG and how that is a brand name, so... Maybe if you could expand a little bit on your yeah the work that you do here, how you came to be involved here. Yeah, so uh, initially I started off uh, being a volunteer for Sarira, so um, as Maria mentioned, a youth girls um, Islamic group. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then from there, after I graduated from accounting and finance, there was a position available and uh, obviously being in the organisation, um, the role was offered to me. Uh, so essentially, I'm the only paid employee with Hassaneh, so they're a, um, the humanitarian aid company basically branched off from ICMG. Okay. Um, so I basically do everything. I'm the accountant, admin, yeah. IT, multimedia. You're the one-man band. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they actually got me, yeah, yeah. Like I the website. They were like, do you know how to design a website? I was like, no. They're like, okay, cool, can you do it? So, yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much how um, pretty much how I got here. How, um, I suppose, how did you come to hear of um, ICMG? Was that something that was quite prevalent in the Turkish community or the Islamic community that you're uh, a part of quite generally? Yeah, um, we've got our local mosque at Meta Heights mm-hmm. um, and I had a couple of friends from high school who were part of the organisation uh, and I used to go to the weekly talks every once in a while. They're held on Wednesday nights and then the uh, cafe went through a bit of a revamp and then but basically, instead of using ICMG, they started using the Surira name, uh, just okay. to kind of rebrand yeah. it, I guess. Um, and then from there, it kind of had a bit of a relaunch. I think back, it was established in 2008 and then in about 2011-ish, when, when I was in year 11, um, kind of kick-started again. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, started attending the weekly talks. And then because I was there so often, uh, one of the girls was like, there's an opening in our treasury role. Would you like to be part of it? So then started off from uh, like a lower group treasurer i got promoted to um, vice president and then i got promoted into the, the group that i'm in now um the australian oh, so into treasury mm-hmm. yeah that's really great seems like it's been a very sort of quick progression with you. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's been, yeah it's been about a year uh 
I officially joined about yeah. a year and a half ago. Wow. So yeah, that's been good. So good. You mentioned as well that um, that the cafe went through a bit of a, a change yeah. and that the talks are at the mosque as well. Yeah. Are they kind of affiliated in some kind of Yeah, so um, the way it works is, uh, so the mosque is in a bit of a U-shape. So the mm. mosque is at the back and then the arms that come out, there's our classrooms and whatnot. Oh. And yeah, so the front one on the right is for the um, for the girls. Yeah. So we've got like a cafe and then we've got like a carpeted area with like books and whatnot, just like yeah. quiet yeah. area. And then on the other side is the youth boys room. Yeah. Like, I've got like PlayStation, <laughs> table tennis, and whatnot. So yeah, that's it's good that we've got a facility that we can yeah, use all fantastic. the time. Yeah, you have multiple, multiple different yeah, yeah facets. You know, yeah, so any, yeah, so any events that we ever have, like the any classes or whatever that we can mm. run, it's all run through. So that's your main sort of hub. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's really great. Of. Yeah, I found it interesting. Yeah, that you you said that you um, deliver talks to to the public at the at the cafe as yeah. well. So what maybe is that public like? Um, is it people there that are also community members of, of the mosque? Or? Uh, so not essentially members of our the mosque, but uh, mm-hmm. it'll just generally be anyone uh, in I'll, – I'll say in our community. Um, so right. it's actually just maybe in like the last six months we've really been trying to reach out and become more diverse because our main audience is normally being Turkish, like all our community mm-hmm. members and whatnot, a Turkish, yeah, okay. Turkish organisation. Uh, but now like uh, we've got – Malaysians, uh, a oh, lot of Australians are coming, like Australian um, who Australians who've become Muslim, so yeah. they're very much still like learning about the religion or whatever. I've got Turkish, Albanian, Bosnian, so it's really, oh, really wow. become That's pretty great. diverse. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> yeah, so uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, maybe we can free chain to the Italian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, and in the weekly talks, we'll just um, every person that's presenting kind of has a different topic so mm-hmm. one of them okay. will be uh, like the lives of the prophets mm. um and then another will be like um works like on like on the quran so like translations and whatnot mine yeah. is more like today's issues so i'll just speak like a very topical oh. yeah like things. dedication yeah. blah blah yeah. yeah that's really interesting considering as well how you were saying the the increased diversity then that you would be in a sense, educating. I mean, but but bringing more. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. And it's for us. We've actually had to adjust the way we deliver our talks as well because, uh, like some some things that we think words that are in Arabic that we use so yeah. often mm. that we think everyone just knows. Yeah, we've kind of had to come up with key term charts. Right. Uh, yeah. Oh, so it's because not not everyone. Yeah. yeah. So. So I can imagine. Yeah, like you said, for um, potentially. I suppose the newly converted Australian yeah. Muslim population, like those sorts of Arabic terms would be quite yeah, foreign. Yeah, yeah. 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 So having that sort of like, I suppose, easy translation. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I think really it's helpful. like for the girls, um, like for the younger girls especially, um, they attend like a Islamic high school. So they live in a bit of a bubble. So they just mm. think everyone is <laughs> everyone <laughs> like this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, when, yeah. Yeah, so when we're talking and then someone put up their hand and be like, oh, what does that word mean? They'll be like, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that word means. Was, yeah. yeah. Um, but thankfully, we've got girls that have come. Like, I went to Pascal Girls. Mm. So, like, I wasn't really mm. brought up in that environment. Mm. Um, like, and so it's good to have us there who have kind of been yeah. <laughs> out in the real world, I guess yeah. you could say that. Um, Effectively, you're translating for. Yeah, yeah. basically. Basically, <laughs> yeah. Mm. Well, could you give me an example, maybe, of like what's some of the words that you might have translated? Uh, okay, so one that we use all the time is the word inshallah. So that basically okay. means if God wills. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you'll be like, I'll see you, like for example, our mm-hmm. meeting today, like I could have said, I'll see you tomorrow, inshallah, by yeah. the will of God. Yeah. Right? And then because we drop it so many times, um, they'll, yeah, they'll just have like no idea, like what she's saying. <laughs> <laughs> Why are you talking in gibberish? Um, yeah. So, yeah. 
That's really great. I suppose to follow on from that slightly, I was wondering um, if you could probably think of, especially I suppose in this political climate today that everyone tends to be so, I suppose, wary of other groups that they're mm. not really a part of. Is, is there a way that you would recommend speaking about um, for people outside of the Islamic community to, to be able to speak on Islam in a way that's sensitive and um, I suppose respectful of um, the culture, if that makes sense. Yes. So if there are terms that should or shouldn't be used or, um, you know, things that should or shouldn't be said, um, are, are there things that you'd recommend? Uh, well, essentially for uh, both camps of people that are Muslim and people that are not, uh, I just guess uh, we do it all the time. I think it's innate in us as humans to kind of generalise. Mm. Uh, I just think painting an entire group of people with the same brush just because one person does something. I think that's a little bit unfair. I think it's a lot yeah. unfair. <laughs> it's a lot unfair. Um, yeah, so I think, yeah, I think that would be my biggest thing. Like, just mm. even, like, even as a Muslim, like, I don't even think it's fair for me to say, I don't, like, I don't like Italians because Maria yeah. did this to me once. Right? Like, like, that's not fair, like, yeah. because at the end of the day, just because Maria's bad doesn't mean they're all bad. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's true. It's true. I warned Daniel that you'll probably make fun of me during the time. <laughs> I'm Italian too as well, so like, does it, does it uh, okay. me? Yeah. No, not you, just Maria. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. an interesting point, um, especially of the major traditions as well, the major faith traditions. Yeah. Islam is really quite diverse. I mean, Christianity as well. But yeah. Like he was saying before, that you have Bosnians, Ethiopia, yeah. um, Southeast Asians. Yeah. There's, there's so many different, uh, yeah, cultural groups and, and kind of streams. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, even just to say Islam sometimes, I feel. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, it's Look, the I think that one of the biggest things that's um, really uh, kind of misunderstood is that I'm Turkish and I'm mm. Muslim and mm. there's a Bosnian that's Muslim, but as They're Muslims, t- yeah. technically we should be doing exactly the same thing. Yeah. Mm. Our cultures are different. Yeah. What we do at home, like with our families, like the way we, I don't know, what food have we dinner, and, yeah. yeah, that's different. But essentially, like as Muslims, what we do is the same. And I think that there's a bit of a, like people, yeah, there's a bit of a misunderstanding. Like people think that just because you're Muslim, like everything needs to be the same. It's, it's, yeah. it's okay. kind of not like that. Yeah, if that, if that yeah absolutely. I suppose the more extreme generalizations that we do tend to get from I suppose the worst parts of our society yeah. tend to generalize Muslims especially from the stereotypes that they see in you know everyone wearing like yeah. a niqab and yeah. Yeah, you yeah, know yeah. all that sort look of- honestly like if I was living out in the country and I had never seen a Muslim before and all I saw was what I saw in the media like it's mm. understandable mm. why they're the why they're frightened like I'm scared do you get what I mean like yeah. I'm a Muslim because they're not I wouldn't really consider them to be part of my faith because yeah. it just it doesn't really sink in with what I've what I believe and what I've what I've learned okay. and what I've seen through my religion. Like mm-hmm. like with the Sydney siege when that happened, I I as a Muslim like I was actually scared to leave because I'm like yeah. people are gonna think that I'm part of this but I'm yeah, not. Of course. Do you get what I mean? So it's I, just yeah. Um, yeah. Absolutely. So yeah. I was wondering then maybe what your personal journey of, of faith may have been like coming from a Turkish background. Yeah. Uh so my parents um They've always, um, so five pillars of Islam, um, mm-hmm. one of them is that you pray. My parents always were praying as we were growing up, like we um, had Ramadan where we would fast 30 days, um, that's standard. Um, but my parents never forced anything on me, like as Maria knew Maria. So yeah. we used to um, yeah. come and yeah. go all the time. It was just, it was, okay. it was normal. Um, I guess we could say we were pretty much an Australian family. Like, yeah, like, you were. Yeah, yeah. Um, like we weren't really much different. Like, the, like I said, the only difference was that five times a day my parents would pray and we'd fast 30 
Potato cakes. Mm. Yeah, and then um, I mean, Alif was some the person who introduced me to potato cakes in grade oh. prep. Yeah. Like, she was very into it. in prep. Yeah, wow. in prep. Because like wow. I didn't know what they were before then. I <laughs> she bought them from the canteen. She's like, take these. I'm like, and at first I was like, oh, what's this? She's like, it's just like hot chips. Like, it's like hot chips, but like in a round disc. Yes. And then yeah, for all like intended purposes, you were just like any other yeah. like family. It's actually <laughs> funny because when I talk to people on the phone. They'll um they'll come into the office and they'll be like I'm like I'm here to see you live and, like, mm-hmm. and they're like you don't sound you don't uh, yeah, look okay. the same you don't sound like you look but you look very Australian like I am Australian like, yeah. I was born and raised yeah. here uh, yeah so then um <laughs> after high school I guess I kind of started doing a little bit more research into my religion mind you I wasn't wearing my hijab at this time um and then I don't know I just got a little bit of a push I was like you know um. As a Muslim, like, it's something that I need to do. I need to wear the hijab. Like, I need to pray. I need to fast. And I was like, if you're going to do something, like, do it properly kind of a thing. So I did mm-hmm. my research, felt that little tickle somewhere in my chest, <laughs> you know, the standard. Um, and then I spoke to my friend Janet, the one. Oh, um, yes. Also yeah. from our primary school and high school. Uh, she's not practicing at all. And I told her, like, this is what I'm thinking of doing. I'm thinking of wearing the hijab, doing a bit of a life change. Yeah. And she was like, yes. <laughs> what are you waiting for? I was like, what? I wasn't wow, expecting that. Yeah, yeah, like I was actually expecting her to maybe be like, look, well, yeah. pros and cons, cons mm. may outweigh the pros, but she was like, go for it, you know. Yeah. And then, yeah, it was literally, I woke up one morning and um, I had set myself a date okay. that I was going to cover. It was my cousin's wedding, so I'm like, I can do it there, like my family can see me in one go. Yeah. And then I woke up one morning and I was like, you know what? Who's to say that I'm actually going to make it to that day? You know, like live your life the way you want to live it. Like That's humbling. a great approach as yeah, well. Yeah, and so I literally, I woke up, like I, I was ready. I looked at myself in yeah. the mirror and I was like, this is going to sound so silly. <laughs> I said, you only live once. And I put my scarf on no, and I great. walked out. What, what, was what was it? What was the scarf? I'm the disappointed to say that it was pink. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> it was the only one that I had. Uh, but yeah, so that happened four years ago now. Yeah, I remember it was around that four time. Four years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so ever since then, I'm happy to say that mm. I think from my perspective, mm. I feel like I've become a much better person. Yeah, um, so, great. yeah. And look for me, like, I didn't have a lot of friends that were practicing. So I was a bit like, yeah, what are my friends going to say? Like, mm. I'm going to go out into the public. Like, I'm going to be visibly a Muslim. Like, people yeah. are going to be able to pick mm. me out in a crowd. So I was a bit, I was a bit, hesitant. I was quite hesitant. And then, you know, Esra, I spoke to her the night before I decided to put my scarf on. And she said it. She was like, um, don't think of it as a piece of material. She's like, you're a flag bearer for your religion. She's like, if yeah. you're proud to be Muslim, she's like, why, Why not? not? And I was yeah. like, true? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that, that, I think that honestly for me was a turning point because it was kind of like now that you're wearing this, um, you're not just – it's not just about you anymore. Like you're actually representing people. So yeah. When I meet That's people – That's a great way to think yeah, about like it. Yeah, when I met – like when I used to work at AMA in retail, uh, I had a – my manager was Catholic. And the first thing he did was he came up to me and he said, look, I'm Catholic. He's like, and I'm, I'm pretty strict with my beliefs. And he said, you're Muslim. And he said – you and I are going to be able to understand each other the best here. So if you ever need anything, you let me know and I'll let you know. Oh, okay. That's so really for cool. him, and he always used to say to me, I've I've never, ever met a Muslim that's been so outgoing and so nice like you. And I was like, yeah, my <laughs> Muslims are actually humans. Like, <laughs> yeah, so Who would have thought? Yeah. And like everyone at my work at AMAC, they were all like, they had literally lived in a bubble where they'd never met a Muslim before. Yeah. And they were just, they were shocked. <laughs> I was like, you make jokes. And I was like, yeah, I do. <laughs> We're allowed to do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so um, for me, like, it's it's been a good experience that I've been able to kind of change people's, like, slowly yeah. but surely change mm. people's opinions on how Muslims really yeah. are. 
yeah opposed to and I suppose we do tend to think of um those sort of negative perceptions as a systemic sort of problem but really combating it does come down to that sort of personal experience of being able to see well like to put it crudely in the flesh (laughs) someone who is you know yeah. yeah and I guess like if we're talking about communication like it's not I could be have the best speech blah 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 but I could actually not be a good person and if you can't display those characteristics like you're the way you present yourself is basically you communicate yeah exactly and um, I think that's really yeah well it's something that we've also spoken about in other interviews as well that communication is not just merely the words that you say correct um or the words that you write but it's it's so much more expansive than that like it extends to both your body language like the facial expressions you use when you speak but um yeah, just how you present generally and who you are as a person. So yes. I think that's a really great way to encapsulate it. Mm. Yeah, I think I was wondering then, in your talks that you do at the cafe then, would you say that you present a personal interpretation of, of your faith or or even just in general, like if you're, yeah. if you're ever talking about, about your faith, that, um, yeah, do you find yourself balancing between a personal connection and speaking for Islam at large? Or yeah, like, okay. Uh, the, the point at which we, there's a... There's a diversion from what Islam really is is when people mm. make personal interpretations of the Quran. So they'll read it yeah, and they'll be like, oh, well, this says this. Says this. So I'm going to take it like this because my life experience has said this and I'm going to believe it this way. Mm. But essentially, just like the Bible, like it was revealed in a very, very different time and the language used in that time was very different as well. So you need to look at that sentence. You need to understand when it was revealed, why it was revealed, what scenario it was revealed in, and sure. then actually understand the Arabic word. Because Arabic is a, is a lot like Latin. Like it's, mm. it's a very, very rich language. So, like, for example, there's a passage, and the English translation uses the word heart twice. It's actually the story of uh, Moses when his mom puts him in the um, Nile River. Mm-hmm. Right. The heart word is used twice, but one of them comes from the root word, which means flesh that is burning. Right. So that's how it describes his heart when he because obviously, like, how could yeah. you put your child? Yeah. And then yeah. the other one is it's like it means soothing. It means to be calm. Right. So once you read the English translation, like it's not much. Mm. So then what we do is we'll go and we'll do our research, um, we'll listen to scholars who have done their research mm. on the language, and then we'll come back and be like, this is how it applies to us in the 21st century. Yeah. Uh, That's really interesting. Yeah. Like, I suppose even just those notes about translating those words and how and, – and this isn't, isn't like particularly a faith thing in general, but just language in general. Correct, how, yeah. Um, you know, crossing both language and – I suppose time, context, and, his, and yeah, history, course, and all those yeah. sorts of things, it can create so much. I suppose oversimplification of what yeah. it is that it actually is. Yeah, like, to say. like what we say is, um, if you were to receive a letter from a loved one in a different language, mm. you'd want to know exactly what that letter said, mm. why it was said, exactly what context it was said. Such an interesting way to. Yeah. So <laughs> when we talk about the Quran, we're like, you know, this is this is the Lord of the Lords yeah mm. like he's right he's basically written you a letter so many years ago like why wouldn't you want to understand what it says and exactly what it says mm. so um yeah um it's great to be able yeah to move past that because in some ways like we were saying it's something from from so long ago a thousand mm. yeah, years exactly. ago yeah. and then also being in another language it could easily be yeah, and, to say, oh, um, this is no longer yeah, relevant of course, because of, of all course. these reasons yeah. yeah I suppose I just wanted to ask you if you could tell us a story when you found it particularly challenging to talk about your faith um whether it was dependent on the context or any other issue at the time and if you're able to overcome it i guess 
so I had a lot of encounters at AMAR because when I when I first wore my hijab, I was I was still working in retail. Mm. So obviously, I had a lot of contact with people, and this was uh, up in Epping. Right. Uh, okay. There wasn't really much of a big Muslim. We didn't have a lot yeah. of Muslim customers. So when I when I covered because I um I used to go out into the car and I used to, I used to I used to like leave the building and I used to go to pray. Right. And so when I covered, everyone that worked there was um they were very they were all from the country, so they'd never met a Muslim mm. before, and then they were like, you know. Like, what do you like? What do you pray for five times? Like, what do you keep asking for? Like, don't you run out of things to ask for? And I was like, oh no! I'm like, it's not like that. I'm like, we read passages it's from. It's from not like a three wishes. Just <laughs> like a car. And, no, like, yeah, like, it's not like that. <laughs> so, um, so I wouldn't really pin it down to just one incident. Sure. Um, or even like, uh, I had a friend, um, Kieran at work. Australian, just your standard Australian long blonde hair, mm. hilarious, right? Um. And he goes, Elise, do you go out? And I go, yeah. And he's like, no, 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 like, go out. What do you mean? He's like, like, clubbing and, like, drinking. I'm like, oh, I'm like, I don't drink. I'm like, yeah. so I'm like, you know, I'm like, mm-hmm. it's fair to say that I wouldn't feel comfortable yeah. in the environment. And he's like, oh, look, that makes sense as to why I never see anyone wearing a hijab at a club. And I go, yeah. He's like, but what would happen if you were to actually drink alcohol? And I was like, oh, I'm like, I guess I'd get drunk. And he's like, no, 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 no. But what would happen uh-huh. in terms of your religion? And I go, oh, I'm like, I'd like getting to sin. I go, I guess God would be very happy with me. And then yeah. he goes, God? I go, he's like, do you believe in God? I'm like, yeah, dude. I'm like, of course I believe in God. Then who's this Allah guy everyone keeps talking about? Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm oh, like, Kieran. I'm like, Allah like, is the Arabic word for God? He's mm-hmm. like, whoa. <laughs> so, yeah, I would have pinned it down to one. I think it was just... A series yeah, of like, experiences. I guess I, I was in a little bit of a bubble as well. Like, I just assumed everyone kind of already knew. Understood. <laughs> but, okay. yeah, I had a lot of instances like that where they were just, <laughs> yeah, uh, yes. Well, that's an, that's an amazing answer, I have to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To um, put us back on a bit more of a serious note, um, yeah. there's a quote that both of us saw on um, ICMG's website. Um, from the Prophet Muhammad and it was a quote that said the seeking of knowledge is obligatory for every Muslim and we really like this quote and we found that it, it resonated with us as well and we found this fascinating for the high esteem that's placed on learning in the Islamic faith Correct. and I was wondering what kind of significance this had for you um, and if you could speak to the types of knowledge that um, that particular quote would be referring to. Okay, uh, we'll use an analogy. Um, <laughs> so uh, the way I see and I use this analogy all the time, it's like if you were to jump into the ocean, and the ocean being knowledge, the more you swim out, the more knowledge there is to be learned. It's, it's never ending. You can't. There's okay. never. There's yeah. never an end point for knowledge. Uh, yeah. It. I guess it comes from like our prophet, uh, peace be upon him. When he came, he said, "I came with the Quran, and I came to teach good character." I don't think anyone can. There's knowledge, and then that knowledge <laughs> implements on you as a person. So you can't. I don't think anyone can come out and say. I'm perfect. I have yeah. every single characteristic. So I guess with knowledge is a powerful, powerful yeah. thing. So the more knowledge you attain, I think it just it's a it's more of a character building for you. That's uh, a really great way of Yeah, so uh like for example, I was a very angry person. I used mm-hmm. to go from I like still I am, like it's, it's zero to hundred very, very quickly. Uh but um one I of can the teachings to this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> one of the teachings of our prophet is um when you're angry to remain silent. And I learned mm-hmm. from being angry all the time that I was quite vulgar when I would speak when I was angry at like my at the point at, at which I was kind of seen red mm-hmm. um and then I thought I saw that quality in other people and I said 
I don't like that, and especially after I won my hijab, and I said it's not it's not a characteristic that a Muslim should have, or even a good person within our community. Um, and I set out to kind of change myself about that. The only way I could do that was to learn. Yeah. So I had to go out there and attain knowledge and um, find ways in which, you know, how can I become less angry? And when okay. I become angry with someone, like you learn that, you know, everyone is going through something different. You know, like as we said, like God tests people differently. So they may seem like they're okay, but they're not. So, and who are you? Okay, you get angry, but then what? Yeah. You know, like. How useful is it? Yeah, like how, honestly, like how useful is that to me or how useful is that person if I say yeah what I have to say um so yeah so then with knowledge so like teachings of our prophet learning about him um you know like he went through so much even with Jesus you know they they went through so much and yet they were always upheld good character mm-hmm. and I thought you know what um if I want to be a good Muslim I need to take these people as my role models and then I worked on myself learned about them attained more knowledge and now I'm still angry I just can deal with it very differently <laughs> yeah um, so yeah I've learned to remain silent and yeah it's it's Honestly, it's 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 been an experience, uh, but uh, it's good because now I don't hurt people. I guess. So. Yeah, I suppose one of the last questions we'll ask is: Have you had any sort of light bulb moment either through your experience with your faith or here at ICMG in general um, about your faith or about communicating um, about your faith to other people, whether they be within your community or outside the community? Uh, like I said, wearing my hijab was a big thing for me. Um, mm. There's there was this there's this lady in um in, in our community. Her name is Zainab Seto, so she was actually the founder of Sarira. I don't even I don't even I don't think I can give you her qualifications. She's straight out. She's amazing. Um, <laughs> she's currently a principal at Ilm College. She's okay. the president oh, of okay. Sarira. Um, so they started with eight members, and over a short period of time, so what, two thousand and eight, maybe about seven. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, we've expanded to 36 members and we've got a, a much bigger crowd to um, run on social media. And I've always, always loved her. <laughs> always. Yeah, I've taken her basically as my role model. And I'm yeah. like, if I can. So she knows the whole Quran off my heart. Wow. So in her. That um, is amazing. Yeah, I think she <laughs> it when she was like eight, or eight to 12 ish. So, and the way she is, she's a, I could say that she's a great example of a Muslim. She actually implements the client in her life. Very, very beautiful person. Um, so she used to do the, the talks, the weekly talks. So um, I used to go when I was in, in high school and um, it was a, she one week she spoke about praying. And I wasn't praying at that time. and spoke about how important it was. I went home, I prayed for like two days. And I was like, eh. <laughs> went the following week, so it was a three-week topic. Uh, did it again. Went home, prayed for an extra few days, and then I got over again. And then the third time she was like, you know, she's like, what's your excuse for not praying? I was like, you know what? I don't actually have one. And mm. I started praying full time after that. Full time, right? <laughs> full time, full time. Casual. Um, so yeah, like I said, she was always, always really like my role. And I was like, I really, really, really wish I can have as much knowledge as she has on. Like, yeah. I, I wish I could have kind of the same impact she has on people. So I kind of set myself that goal mm. when I was back in back in high school. Yeah. Uh, and then, then I wore my, and then I started wearing a hijab. One year after that, I got into Sarira. Um, moved around in my positions and then they offered me to do the weekly talks yeah. and I remember the first week that I did I was super super nervous <laughs> and anyway I like I put hours and hours into it like I did so much research like I did more research than what I should have it was like <laughs> stories analogies everything right <laughs> and um I was sitting there and I was talking and I looked up and someone walked in and I was like whatever 
notes for someone else. Talk, and I could see that person moving from the corner of my eye and she, and she sat down. Mm-hmm. I'm talking, talking, and then I looked up at her and I said something. I can't remember what it was. Um, and, I, and I remember I looked up and, I, and it was her. And she was sitting there and she was smiling at me. And she just nodded. And I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so Your heart just jumped. Yeah, I was like, oh my God, like, she's here. And like, she was smiling. Like, I guess for her, like, she had also seen progression in me yeah. as well. Um, and for me at that point, I was like, you know what? Like, if you set yourself a goal and you actually go out to do it, like, like obviously I'm nowhere near where she could be, but I guess just her doing that kind of showed that I was on the right track. Yeah. Um, and with that, I guess I was able to kind of reflect and look at how far I had come as well because you don't really see pro- progress in yourself. You really no, don't. It's, yes. it's other people who see it exactly. in you. Exactly. Yeah. Or like seeing someone after years and be like, oh, my God, you've changed so yeah. much. Right? Um, but I guess at that moment when that happened, it was kind of a light bulb moment for me going, well, I've, I've actually like – I'm here now. Like, I'm actually in a position where I can make change. Yeah. So – and then after that was um, – I was kind of like, yes, self-development is very, very important. I need to portray myself as a good Muslim – like I'm part of an organization that um, you know is an Islamic organization, so it's important. It's important for me as well. Like I want to be able to help people. Um, like last year, it's been about a year. I met um, this girl. I got in contact with me and was um, just you know learning about the religion. And she um, and I met her, and I was really, I was genuinely really excited to meet her because I was like, you know, this is an opportunity for me to help someone see what I see, like feel those yeah. good feelings that I kind of feel. Um, and then I really really worked really closely with her and um she's actually my best friend now so Aww. one year on um you know like she's developed quite a lot I've developed trying to help her and um so yeah it's just good that I've been able to help people on my journey as well as myself yeah um, that's fantastic so, yeah yeah and that it's a in a sense a mutual thing and you're not you're not aspiring to be exactly like no, no, like no, someone no, no. but it's yeah. that yeah it just that kind of gives you a drive it kind of gives you a bit of a drive but, um yeah it's so. wonderful yeah, yeah. We might wrap it up there. Yeah, yeah, we'll wrap it up there. Ellie, thank you for um, chatting to us today, taking the time out um, to speak about these really um, important and um, issues, whether whether you are part of the faith or not. I think they're lessons that mm-hmm. we can all really take to yeah better ourselves as people. So thank you for speaking so thank openly and honestly. Yeah, thank and, you for um, having me. I appreciate it. Yeah, great. Awesome. Thank you very much. Cheers. So there you have it, our conversation with Elif, which was certainly full of surprises. It seems in this series we always end up getting into topics we never quite imagined would come up, and that's the pleasure of it. And we're about halfway through now, with more conversations coming up about critical thinking, culture, and music. Definitely there are a few mindbenders in there, so tune in for that. Do you have any feedback for the show so far, a suggestion, or a story? Contact us on our website, thehearthpodcast.com, email us at thehearthpodcast at gmail.com, or get in touch on Facebook. Thanks everyone for tuning in, have a great week, and we'll talk to you soon. The Hearth Podcast is... Daniel Mostovac and... Maria Kananzi. And our music is provided by the wonderful Claire Fogarty. Our photography is done by the great Kristen Calandra. And you can find us at thehearthpodcast.com.